Good morning, everyone. Let's stand together as we worship the Lord this morning. Great to be here. Great to worship with you. I hope you come with an expectation this morning. God is ready to meet you, to meet you where you are, but to take you where you cannot go on your own. Only God, the Father, the good, good Father, is ready, able, and willing to take you into new places. So if you don't have an impossibility in your life right now, I want you to get one. Because God is a God of the impossible. Let's worship Him. I search the world. Come on, sing with me. But it couldn't fill me. That's right. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. We know that's true, don't we? You came along. Thank you, Father. Put me back together. Yes, you can. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Sing, there's nothing better.
Now let's sing from our heart this morning. There's nothing. Let me hear you cry. There's nothing better. Nothing Nothing better than you, Lord. Better than you. There's nothing. He hears our praise. He rides on our praise. He sits on us on a praise. Come on, y'all. Oh, there's nothing. This morning, you turn bones into arms. He can do that in a heartbeat. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who cares. Come on, sing it out. You're the only one who cares. He's the only one. morning.
worship you this morning we are here for one thing only and that is you just to stand in your presence to stand before you and just worship your name Jesus the name above all names there's so much power in the name of Jesus so much power in the name of Jesus God, we worship you. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you our Christ. What a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you
the boast of sin and the grave. We have so much to be thankful for this morning. As we come to the throne of grace, he sits upon a throne of grace and he, he bids us come. Come to me, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you Rest. Be still. It's finished, is what he said. Find rest. Find rest. Don't strive. Don't strive. Watch his faith and grace alive. Just watch.
nothing to fear. Faith cast out fear. I won't be afraid. In the presence of my enemies, I won't be afraid. He prepares a table. Sing with us. Surely love and mercy. Surely love and mercy. His gifts to you. It's His peace, His kindness. Yes, they will. Sing with us now. Surely love and mercy, your peace and kindness will follow me. Will can be seated. Father, it is our delight and our joy to be here together in your presence, oh, to be here together. Lord, as we never closed, there's not a reopening, but there is indeed a regathering. We are thankful that we can gather together and see one another and connect with one another in person. And Father, if there's anything we've learned through this whole thing is just how much we need fellowship and connection and people in our lives, relationship. So we're thankful, Lord, today. Our heart's just bursting with gratitude for your goodness. Oh, we just sang about it, Lord. That 
those things that pursue us in order to overtake us. Goodness and mercy. They follow us. They pursue us all the days of our lives. And according to Psalm 23, tags onto that, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We'll dwell in your presence forever. So, Lord, we are grateful people here today. Everything we do here today, even as, as Crystal prayed this and said this, it's for you. It's for your glory. We need you. We need you. Not just what you bring, not what you give, not what you release, not what you bless us with. We need you above and beyond anything. So that's how we posture ourselves today to be here for you. You, Father, are not an addendum to our lives. You are not an add-on. You're the center. You're the focus. You're everything to us. We honor you in that. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. And amen. Isn't God good? Man. My name's Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here. And I'm just like busting with excitement because, hey, you're here. And it's, it's great. I love worshiping God in my shower. I mean, I, it sounds way better in there when I sing just because of the reverb. But there is something about us being together that you just you can't, you can't replicate any other way than just by being together. Amen. So welcome to the bridge. My name is Jimmy Pruitt, lead pastor. Can we give our worship team a big hand, a big round of applause? So appreciate you guys, all of you, all of you. And, uh, and then our production team, they make it happen in the back there. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. You know, what, what, what they do together and, and they spend time doing is their heart is after God to create an atmosphere that when we are together, we are in a place, almost a greenhouse effect. You know, we're here in this place enjoying the atmosphere of worship, and the atmosphere of praise. And I'm telling you, there's a lot that can happen in the context of worship. Amen? And so we're just so, I'm so thankful for all of them, and, and they're just near and dear to my heart. So thank you. Um, one of the things I want to encourage you in is that a couple of things. First of all, I had made an announcement, sent out a text, all that, that we were going to do away with the seating. Whatnot. But here's the thing. We're navigating this landscape just like everybody else, one week at a time, and there's been a recent spike in cases here locally so we thought you know what let's not get ahead of ourselves we've got the rest of our life to enjoy one another right in proximity so we can go another week or two so just felt like it'd be be wiser to just go ahead and have a separation today and have the overflow available and so we just want to be mindful of that but I want to let you know why and that also brings up communion and that was another piece where with people up and about and all that we decided to just wait a little bit longer but here's the thing about communion communion for me is right here what we do externally, that's just a demonstration of what God's doing here. It's an outward expression. So why I value it, and, but communion's happening right here, right now. And so we will pick that back up as soon as we feel like it's good and we're ready to do that. So thank you for your patience as not only us, but everybody navigates this new place that we're in. So we love you, we value you, but we just we love you enough to... To, to be cautious, to be wise. So that's what we're doing today. So thank you. If you are a first-time guest, I had the coolest thing in first service. i got to tell you this. First service, I had in the service with me a guy who can either substantiate or completely deny every story I've ever told about growing up and being in post-high school and driving around the drag, drinking beer, and being stupid. I'm just... 
He was here today, Kirk Stevens and his wife, Tammy, who he was my running buddy from day one, was here today. And I've got to tell you, after 40 years, we're sitting here worshiping God together, full circle. Amen. Who would have thunk it driving around in his Chevy Silverado with a 454 and headers and glass packs and a case of Lone Star in the back? Who would have thought we'd be sitting together worshiping God all these years later? Isn't God good? Oh, he just brings things around. And sometimes it's slow and sometimes it's fast, but we eventually get here together. It was such a joy having them here. So I'm glad he's gone because now you can't ask him any questions. So I'm safe. So uh, anyway, it was beautiful, beautiful having them here. It was a real blessing to me today. It's a very special day as we celebrate Father's Day together. And before we pray for our fathers, what we're going to do, I also want to welcome our first-time guests. If you're here with us, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. We hope that you'll sense the love that is in this place and the love that happens here week in and week out because we're a people who, you know, laws, no laws, mandates, we, we, we're just lovers. We are. We just That's the, the culture that we have here. But I want to welcome you and thank you for being here. So could we welcome our first-time guests just with a hand clap? It's for you. But it is a special day for dads. It's Father's Day today, and I want to say thank you to every father I, too, am a father, a grandfather, and with my, my oldest granddaughter getting married two weeks ago, I could actually be a great-grandfather in the not-too-distant future. So, I mean, that is just time is marching on. So, very excited, but I want to say thank you to our fathers because you are raising up and have raised up the next generation of culture shapers and difference makers and world changers. What you do and what you have done matters. And aren't we as fathers grateful for the grace of God when we didn't feel like we really ran the course like we should? His grace Amen. is enough. His uh, grace is sufficient. And here's the good news about our children. God loves them more than we do. Right. We hardly can believe that, right? This is a special day for me as a father because tomorrow, in fact, I'm going to ask for your prayers. Tomorrow at 5 a.m., I jump in a Hyundai Sport little little uh, SUV, and I drive my youngest daughter, Faith, to Nashville. She's moving to Nashville tomorrow. So we're going to be doing, I'm a road warrior, so we're going to be doing road time tomorrow, about 15 hours on the road, driving her. So my youngest will have moved on, and she's going to Nashville, Tennessee. So it's a big deal for me. This Father's Day is very special. It's a real marker and a real transition for us. So appreciate your prayers on there. I'll try to get through all this well. We'll see what happens. And uh, the other thing that I want us to, to do is just pray for one another. Pray for our fathers. Pray for our dads today. 90% of fathers feel like they failed it. They feel like they didn't make it. They didn't do it right. They didn't. But here's the deal. We could say there's no manual to this thing, but listen, life is, is complicated. Children are complicated. Can I get an amen in the house? Yeah. Life is complicated. Family. But here's the deal. We're here now. And your kids are okay, and God's got them. And even if they're not okay now, God has them in the palm of his hand. And we have to believe that the investments we make, God will see to it. Because God's a finisher. He finishes what he starts, even if we feel like we didn't. Amen? So can we pray for our men today? And we're also going to pray for our churches and our community and continue to bless them. So I do want to put up on the screen real quick. We're going to do two with one right here. So go ahead. These are the churches that we 
or, or this is what we're doing. We're praying for the churches all throughout our community that are reopening right now because a lot of, lot's going on, a lot of moving parts to that. So we want to continue to lift them up. So I'm going to lump these two prayers together. So let's pray for our fathers first. Lord, what a privilege it is to be a daddy. It's just um, when our kids see us as superheroes, and we know we're not, but it's, it's nice to, to know that they think that, and we are so blessed as daddies. So blessed. Lord, I thank you for the fathers that are here and those that are online watching, Lord, that have sacrificed, and it hasn't been seen. They've given, and no one knew. They've, given, they've laid their lives down with no applause and often no thank yous simply because they loved, simply because they loved well. And so I am grateful for the sacrifice of men that will man up and not look for applause or pats on the back or attaboys, but do it because it's the right thing to do. And we call our men, our fathers, blessed Blessed And Father, your word says that our children will bless us. As we walk with integrity and uprightness, our children will bless us. So we, we thank you, Lord. And we hold our children up before you that we have fathered, that we have led, that we have given over to you. And we trust you with the outcomes of their lives, Lord. We've done our best. We've done what we have. And even where we didn't, your grace was enough. And we release our children in the next generation onto their destiny. And yes, we'll be there when the car breaks down and the phone call comes or the fender bender happens or the news happens or whatever. We will still be there to help scoop up the pieces because we love deeply and we love forever. So Lord, bless our men today. May they feel, sense, and know the love, Father, not only that their families have for them, but their Father, their Heavenly Father has for them. And Father, also for the churches in our community, many are regathering and opening the doors and things are beginning to move again. And Father, we speak life over our churches. What a privilege to walk with the pastors of this community, the teams, the staffs of this community and do life together, Lord, and believe for revival and spiritual awakening right here in Fredericksburg and Gillespie County. And Father, we call it in and call it forth in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless the churches that are reopening. Lord, all the little protocols, all the things that have to be done. Bless them and encourage them. And may they know today that this church is cheering them on and speaking life over them. We hold them up to you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Before we move on into the next little, little piece, I want to ask for a favor. This is a very personal thing here where I'm just asking you as friends and family. And for those of you watching online, I'm asking you too. And I uh, want to thank you for joining us today. You are no less a part of this just because you're at home. So thank you for joining us today, and I hope that you will be encouraged. And so um, a few, a couple months ago, Annette had some things going on with a, a thing on her nose. This is why she's not here today. And so we went and got it checked out, and uh, Dr. Coyer, Dr. Ed Coyer, near and dear to our heart, one of our family members here, said, look, you've got some stuff going on, and they tested it, and basal cell on one, and the other one was more serious, and it had a tumor attached to it. So they're going to do a procedure. We did the biopsy, and all that came back, of course. And uh, so it was scheduled for last week, 
but because we flew to Nashville, they made us bump it two weeks because of quarantine because we traveled in the air. So on the 30th, I'm just asking for prayer for Annette. So on the 30th, she's going to have the surgery done, and they'll do the Moore's thing, and some of y'all know what that is. But, but uh, we don't foresee any, any serious things here or anything. They'll be able to get in there and take care of it. But it's a big deal to her, right, because it's you know serious. The C word's scary no matter what it is, big C, little C, whatever. And so would y'all just pray for her and lift her up? And that's why she's not here today, because she's under order. She's not supposed to be out and about. So, and here's the deal. She knew you would be hugging her today. So we said, look, stay home. Let's just not get out today. And so anyway, she's watching online. Love you, honey. And uh, so be praying for her. Would y'all do that? Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Love you, and thank you for letting me do that. So as we shift gears here, again, we're not going to do communion today outwardly. We're doing it in our own heart, but we are going to worship. We're going to worship in the context, or we're going to give, practice generosity in the context of our worship. You know, one of the ways that God speaks to me and has spoken to me from the very get-go as a young person was through worship and through music. It really is a universal language. It's, it's, it's beyond language. It supersedes language. But I want to invite you that as we worship today in our giving, you would listen to God speaking to you and speaking to your heart. He wants to talk to you. The God who spoke still speaks. Amen? And so as we worship today in our giving, I want to invite you to let just listen. Be in a posture of listening and receiving today. And I want to say thank you to all of you who continue to be faithful in your giving. Listen, what you do matters. And don't think if it's large, small, that is not the issue. Everything we do matters. Andy Andrews said that years ago. Everything you do matters, and it does. And so I want to say thank you for continuing to give and support. And I always want to remind you of this. We don't give to the church. We give through the church. And we give through the church to make a difference. You can see on the screen how to give and where that goes. But I also want you to see who we're giving to, who we're supporting, who we're blessing. And everything you do matters for these precious people right here and for these ministries across the world and locally. So as we give today, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to give on purpose, and I want you to give with purpose. Now, we've been delivered from passing the plates. Hallelujah. We're free. We're out of Egypt. Amen. So now what we're doing is we have our boxes. You'll see the black boxes on each of the exits there and on the way out as well. And so during worship right now, if you brought your offering and prepared to give that way, thank you for those who give online and get that done, then I want to invite you, during worship, just go over and just put it in there. And just, but when you do, bless it. Speak over it. Declare it blessed. Call it blessed. And, and speak life over it. Say, Lord, use this. Multiply it. Make a difference with it. Doesn't matter how much, make a difference with it, Lord, so that lives will be changed for the glory of God. Amen. So as we give today, why don't we all stand to our feet and I'll pray over our offering. Father, thank you for the privilege and the joy of generosity. What a privilege to give. Thank you for those who I've already given online. Bless them, encourage them. For those, Lord, who are sending things in, bless and encourage them. For those who are giving today, encourage their hearts in it, Lord. May we be found to be cheerful givers. And, Lord, we ask you to take what's given and, Lord, multiply it like the fishes and loaves so that lives, we give toward transformation. We give towards changed lives, trusting you in it every step of the way. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Let's worship.
Tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves, where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the
church. Please be seated. a message in itself, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the privilege. Lord, my heart before you as a son is to rightly handle and divide the word of truth. So grateful that you give us the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And Lord, I submit my heart to you, my mind to you, my thoughts, every story, every account, every illustration, everything I have, I literally lay it before you and consecrate everything for you, for your glory. I pray for the listeners today, Lord, that all here will have ears to hear, but even more important, will have hearts to know. So we honor you in this, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. amen. The reason I really wanted to pray that prayer today as we get started is talking about a topic that we, we kicked into this back on Pentecost Sunday. We were talking about the third and lesser known person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And you really can't say third because there's not a first, second, third per se because they're all one. Triunity, Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity, the teaching of, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what I found as a young person that when I first came to know Christ, this may have been your experience, I came to know Jesus. I was reconnected, reconciled to the Father, but through Jesus. It says, no man can come to the Father except through me. So my initial prayers as a young follower of Jesus was, Jesus this, Jesus that. And yours is probably the same. What I realized when, at one point, and I don't even know why this came about, but I realized 
I'm not really talking to God. I'm talking to Jesus all the time. But it's confusing, right? I mean, I'm talking to Jesus, but it is God because Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so anyway, so I thought, you know what? I know the ministry and life of the Son, but I also want to know the ministry and life of the Father. And I came out of high school having my own daddy issues, just like a lot of young men today. And, and then so father, dad was a little bit different. And so I had to really lean into that. So what I did, I realized that I needed to get to know the Father just like I had gotten to know Jesus. How is that? By grace, through faith, but also by talking to Him. And so my prayer, I began to intentionally turn my attention and my focus to Father. So I would say, Father. And then I learned about Abba. The name Abba means it's a term of endearment. And I began to call him Abba Father. And so I began to grow in my experience. So I'd gotten to know Jesus as friend, counselor, and all those things. I got to know Father as my dad, my spiritual father, my spiritual dad, my heavenly father. But then it came to this third element, third person. By the way, the Holy Spirit's not a what. It's not the force. The Holy Spirit's not an it. I cringe when I hear that. I try to be kind, but I do cringe when someone calls the Holy Spirit it. I felt it. Oh, you felt him. And so the third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit, and I didn't have a clue. Didn't have a clue. And so I thought, I reasoned in my mind, I followed the logic train, that if I got to know the Father by talking to him as Father and addressing him as Father and praying to him, worshiping him, as I got to know Jesus doing the same, why would that be different to get to know the Holy Spirit? Because if he's a he, if he's a who, if he's a person, then I would address him as I would a person, right? So I did that. And just in my own feeble, young faith, something began to happen. As I began to address him, talk to him, he began to speak to me in various ways. Here's what we're going to do today. I had a conversation with a certain church member named Curtis Allercamp this last week. And we were, he'd stopped by the table because I was visiting with another pastor. And he made a comment about how it's beautiful. Thank you for the message about the Holy Spirit. And he said, now we need to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit, hear his voice. I said, I think you just gave me my sermon topic. Because really, that is the next step. What we've been talking about is when. What is needed now? And then we talked about who. Who is needed now? Well, we're back to what? Or maybe we're back to how. How is needed now, but it doesn't sound near as good. No, that doesn't make sense. In. So it doesn't sound that good as far as alliteration goes. But here's the, the thing is, we need to know how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Here's why. Because people are asking all kinds of questions. What should I do next? I've had two staff members say that very thing to me. Just want to know what to do next. What's coming next? What's happening next? And my, my brilliant answer is, I don't know. I don't know that anybody knows right now because we're in a new world. Amen? Now, you can either disdain that or you can, as an adventurer, embrace it and go, okay, Lord, it's new territory. Let's go. Let's do this. And that's kind of my spirit, my heart. What should I do next? Here's another question that you might be asking, and this is why we need to learn to hear the voice of the Lord what does God want for me, and what does God want from me? You asking that question? You thinking about that? Here's another one. What should I say in this situation? Because there's a lot of folks jumping online and hiding behind a screen and a keyboard and verbalizing, not verbalizing, writing 
their thoughts and their opinions. A lot of followers of Jesus aren't sounding like followers of Jesus right now in the social media world. Straight up. Had this conversation with my 19-year-old daughter about the power of social media. It's really not social. If you wouldn't say that to me sitting across the table at Starbucks, then you shouldn't be writing it online. Can I get an amen? amen. Just some basic etiquette. Human interaction. If you wouldn't say that to me, don't write it. Don't hide. But there's a lot of stuff out there floating around right now being said. Videos, all kinds of crazy stuff. I saw a video online of there was a group of Trump supporters camping out on a sidewalk waiting for this appearance that he did this last week. It was at night, and there was a group of African Americans on four-wheeler ATVs riding by, taunting them, riding, you know, revving their ATVs up, and just it was just, just mayhem. And one of the guys... Uh, there was two people on one ATV, a four-wheeler, popped a wheelie, and it went over backwards, and they fell right there in front of everybody. Now, right there is a moment of truth of something very po positive that could have happened, but didn't. And what I saw as I watched this video, it made me sick to my stomach, that these supporters of one, you know, of Trump, were berating and mocking these protesters because they're just on opposite sides of the fence mocking and berating and laughing at them because they fell. And my thought was the classy thing to do, the good thing to do, the Jesus thing to do would be to run over there and help them up and ask them if they're okay. At what point do we let our politics, our opinions, which, by the way, could change in the next 25 years of your life, we drive a stake in the ground and we die on these hills that later they're not even our hills. But we treat them as though that means everything. I hope that we're all growing and that we're all learning and that we're all on a journey where we are not the same as we are now 5, 10, 15 years from now. Lord, help me if I don't change my heart over the next 5, 10 years. But we get so caught up in this stuff. I was saddened. It broke my heart. I was like, why didn't somebody go over there and go, hey, are you okay? You know, you okay? Put your junk aside for a second Amen. and check to make sure they're okay. What if we're coming to as a humanity? What, why, why is the primal coming out all of a sudden in all of us? It's because under pressure, the primal rises up. You know what the primal is? The Bible calls it flesh. Right. right now, flesh is having a heyday because of fear, because of everything that's going on in the unknowns of the world in which we live. That is why we need help. And here's the good news. I've said this over the last three times. God has given us a helper. We need help, we have help. We need counsel, we have a counselor. We need an advocate, we have an advocate. We need comfort, we have a comforter. We need to continue this path of getting to know this person, the person work and ministry of the Holy Spirit, because he is a he. And we need to know him in order to hear the voice of God. Henry Blackaby said it this way, that God speaks by the Holy Spirit of God. And he gave four primary ways, and I'm going to unpack those in a moment. But I want to, first of all, say this. We need help. And we need help now. Can I get an amen? amen? A number of years ago, I've mentioned this before, and I'm probably on a Wednesday night, but a number of years ago, I was a student at Howard Payne University. I felt called to the gospel ministry and 
went to Howard Payne and, and great Baptist school up in Brownwood, Texas. And man, just having a ball, having the time of my life, loving it, eating it up, and just so in love with Jesus, so on fire for Christ. And there was a group of us that were just all feeding off of each other. It was amazing, amazing times. And as I was there, like I said, I'd gotten to know God the Father. I knew Jesus real well, but this third person, the Holy Spirit, not so well. And I was driving down the street in my 1972 Volkswagen Beetle. Come on, somebody. I can still smell that car in my imagination. The Beetles always had a smell. Anybody ever had a Volkswagen? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Best heater on the planet, right? The fumes, not so good, but great heat. But uh, that car was funny because I had a baling wire and a coat hanger underneath the battery because the battery acid had rotted the, uh, the plate out because they just, the battery was right there on the ground on the floorboard. And so, man, that car was an experience in driving, I'm telling you. But typical college stuff. I'm driving my, we had a ministerial alliance meeting. That's all the ministerial students at Howard Payne. And we'd meet once a month on this off night. It's like a Monday night. It was winter because it was dark already. It was around 6.30 or 7 when this meeting happened. I drove into town just a little bit early to get a, grab a bite to eat before the meeting. So here I am cruising through town. Got my music up. Had a beater car, but I had a great sound system, you know. Priorities, right? And I'm um, listening. Who knows what I'm listening to? Probably Idle Cure or Petra or whoever, but just rocking out some Christian rock. So I'm driving down the street, and it's the first time this had ever happened to me. I heard loudly, to this day, even as I try to remember it, I'm not sure if I heard it in this ear, my outer ear, or if it was an inner ear. I'm not sure. It didn't matter. It got my attention the same. And it was stop and pull over, or stop the car. It was stop the car. And it was abrupt, and it was loud, and it startled me. Because I'm just cruising by campus, going to go to Burger King or whatever and grab something, and I hear this voice loudly. Stop the car. Well, it's a Volkswagen. I slammed on the brake and about 300 feet later it stopped. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I stop, I pull it up and, and then I hear the second thing was pull over. And so I'm driving by Phelps Bible Chapel by Mims Auditorium and boom, all this happens. And I pull the car over where there is, there's no cars. I'm past everything. So I, but I do, I'm trying, I'm listening and I just react and I stop the car and I turn off the Volkswagen and the music, and I hear faintly crying, loud sobbing. I'm like, oh, that's bizarre. Somebody's crying. And I get out of my Volkswagen, throw my jacket on because it was cold, and I could hear this girl wailing. She was crying. She, was, she just lost it. Sitting over in this kind of park area on a park bench, and I go over to her, and she is just a mess. And I'm feeling really awkward right now and not sure if you've ever tried to follow God into something that wasn't clear, welcome to the life of Christianity. By the way, that's Christianity 101. It's not advanced. It's just this is the walk. And so I'm seeking to be obedient to what I'm hearing step by step. So here I am. I get out of the car. I'm walking. I'm, I see this girl over there. I don't know what, what am I going to say when I get up to her. This is all very awkward and knew in the sense of hearing something because I was pretty shaken by it. And I walk up to her and I, I said, hey, hey, and, and just to get her attention. And she was just a mess. She was just, and I just said, hey, my name's Jimmy and I go to school here. I recognize you. And, and long story short, 
I sat down on the park bench with her and just listened to her. And She'd been up in a dorm room with a bunch of football players and some bad stuff happened. That's all I need to say about that. And it had, these guys had just decimated her reputation and just, she was devastated. And everybody at the school was, it was just one of those horrible situations where she was ashamed and embarrassed and humiliated and people were saying horrible things about her and she was decimated. And I sat with her and just showed her the love of Jesus. While I'm sitting with her, I felt something that was fresh to me because I'm still a young man, right? But I felt a love for her that I can't put into words other than this. It was the father heart of God. But I wasn't a daddy. I was like 21. I mean, it was just, but I felt this gushing like compassion and love for her. And I just simply ministered to her through that, trusting Jesus in it, trusting this voice I heard that I'm doing. And it was amazing because we prayed together finally, and she'd never been to church, at least not at my church. The very next week, she showed up at our church, and she ran up to me and hugged me and thanked me. She said, she said, you're the first Christian on this campus that's ever acted like a Christian to me. And then she told me the, a little bit more of her story. She was going to take her life. She, that's what she was weeping of. She was ready to take her life. And I just celebrated Jesus with her. She, a couple of weeks later, she was gone. Never saw her again. She moved away because of the shame and the humiliation and all. I hope her life went well from that on. I hope she was able to start over. All that story is about, and the reason I tell you that account, is because that was the first time I'd ever heard what I thought was an audible voice. Since then, there may have been you know, a time or two, that none that stand out like that night. But here's the thing. The God who spoke still speaks, and if he doesn't speak with an audible voice, he has a million other ways to talk to us. The question is, are we listening? So I want to talk about that today because I think some of you maybe are hearing God's voice. You just don't know that's what it is. You've maybe not connected the dots to something that's going on in your life to what is happening. And if there's ever a time where we need to learn to hear the voice of the Spirit of God, it's now. Amen? In this crazy world we're in. Because if we're going to be the hope for the world, we better start acting like it. We better start living like it. We better start reflecting the life of Christ, radiating and reflecting him. And to do so, I need to hear him because I need some direction right now. Am I the only human who needs help in this room right now navigating this thing? So as we dive into this, I want to share a couple of things with you. First of all, these questions, what should I do next? What should I say? But here's one that I didn't bring up, but I want to bring up to you now. And I've mentioned this before, but it's been some time has passed. What is God's will for my life? You ever asked that question? Of course you have. Everybody has. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and you ask it anyway because I want to know what, what I'm supposed to do. But here's the deal. Henry Blackaby came out with this great study back in 79, 1979 called Experiencing God. That, that book was a game changer for me. To this day, it impacts me deeply. And in that book, he makes a statement. He says this. He says, if you ask the wrong question, you will get the wrong answer. Kind of makes sense, right? For example, how do I kill my mother? Anybody want to answer that? You ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong. The question is skewed and flawed from the beginning. Why is what is God's will for my life the wrong question? Well, let me help you. It's because you added my life to it. 
here's the deal. God has a much bigger story going on than just you and me. I know that's hard to handle as independent Texans. I mean, we're, we're the center of the universe, right? God has a much bigger story going on than just you and me. God is not just about you. He's about us, we, them. Amen. He is about the world. And so when we ask that question, while it sounds innocuous and innocent on the surface, it comes back to the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. And it is this. I'm concerned about me. Father, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do? And here's the thing. God's much bigger than that. And the right question is this. Father, what is your will? Period. It's a quarter turn, but it's a big difference in trajectory. Do me a favor right now. Would, would you? Would you bow your heads? Everybody, let's just do this together. Would you pray that prayer right now? Just say, Father, what is your will? And that's it. And don't say for my life. What is your will? Reveal your will to us. What is your will? Reveal your will. What is your will? Amen. All right. Ooh. Be listening for the answer this week. He may speak. The God who spoke still speaks. That's quoting somebody near and dear to our hearts, Max Cato. Listen to this out of Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. In terms of how God speaks, we're going to look at several ways. Look at this. Verse 21 your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whether you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Oh, that's like a GPS, right? Recalculating. <laughs> that ever happened to you? Rerouting. I used to have one. There was a, an app that came out, and you could get different voices on it. And I got one from, from England, and she was like pretty foul, actually. She would call me names when she would reroute me. Annette finally said, you need to get rid of that. She's not nice. I mean, you already feel dumb enough when you make a wrong turn. You don't need somebody bashing you. But, but there's this idea that the, that the God of heaven is with us, and he is directing and ordering our steps. Listen to that. You shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Now, that voice is going out. The question is, are we dialed into that frequency? I told about my friend here that was with us. When we lived in Post, Texas, there was a radio station called FMX out of Lubbock that played classic rock. And I loved FMX, 94.1, the X. I mean, it was just, I had T-shirts with it. I mean, I loved it. I lo and, but the problem was it was about 45 miles away. So it would, you would only get it sometimes. And sometimes that station, you'd have your favorite song playing, Boston, Don't Look Back, or whatever's on, and or Foreigner, Hot-Blooded, and, and it's playing, and it just starts, right when it starts to get good, it just fades out. You're like, ah. So you turn the car, you're trying to, you know, you're moving things around, grab your antenna, you're just doing whatever you can to try to get that, because you're trying to get in on that frequency. Hey, folks, this was before digital tuners. Anybody remember that? It was called a dial. And you would actually tune it in and out. And sometimes you'd have it on, on frequency. And what would happen? It would drift off frequency, would it? And then what would you do? You'd reach down and just fine-tune that thing, right? Well, nowadays everything's digital and you're either in or you're not. You know, it's just the way it is. But I remember that. I remember as a young follower of Christ beginning to realize, wait a minute, this is like dialing in a radio station, FMX. 
in post-Texas trying to get Lubbock and trying to get that music. It's like, I'm trying to dial in on him. I'm trying to hear the Father. He's always speaking. There's a voice behind me, a word behind me, a message behind me saying, this is the way. Walk in it, whether you turn to the right hand or to the left. This is actually a terrible admonition to the Hebrews because the next thing he says is, and you would not. I mean, he just it's an indictment that they weren't listening. Listen, his voice is going out nonstop. The question is, are we tuned in? Are we listening? I need to hear his voice now more than ever. Listen to this out of John chapter 10, verse 27. Very simple verse. Jesus speaking says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The reason why his sheep hear his voice is because his voice is going out. He's constantly speaking. He's broadcasting all the time, but we're not always receiving. So we have to learn to hear his voice. This isn't going to be on your screen, but I found the scripture after I'd already sent these to Russ. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. I love that. Day after day, they continue to speak. What? The heavens speak. The heavens speak. Here's a clue on how to hear God. The heavens, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. But yet they're speaking. Verse 4, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It's just a beautiful. Have you ever walked out on a, on a starry night? Now, where I live, there's no light pollution. Which, when growing up in a city, I didn't realize there was like an amazing array of stars up there. But they were washed out most of the time. But now when I walk out at night on a clear night, it's like the Milky Way is so dense and so thick, it almost looks solid. And it's like the, the night sky, the longer you stand there and look up at it, you can see it just teems with life. You see stars twinkling. You see light being reflected. You see movement. Sometimes you can see a satellite even go over. I mean, it's amazing what's going on. And it's the heavens declaring the glory of God. The heavens are speaking. The question is, are we listening? Are we drinking in the beauty? Are we tuned in to that frequency? Now, I want to help you with some things. Paul was on a mission trip. And on that trip, they were going to turn north and go into one area. I'm not even going to do the scripture on this because of time. And they were on this trip. They were planting churches. And they were going to go up to this place called Bithynia. And the Holy Spirit prevents them, the Bible says. Wait a minute. The Holy Spirit stopped them? Wait, they were going to go preach the gospel. Don't you think? Didn't Jesus say go into all the world and make disciples? Didn't he say go? Well, they were doing that. They were following what we call the apostolic mandate or the great commission. And as they're doing it, the Holy Spirit says don't. So then they make a turn and they endeavor to go to another place. And guess what happens? The Holy Spirit stops them again. Have you ever in your life felt like God was closing doors on you? Yeah. You have, you have a choice when that happens. You can either stop in your tracks, or maybe you're not supposed to stop. Maybe it's just a turn. Maybe it's a redirect. When I said that in the first service, I felt such a prophetic unction on that, so I'm going to say it again. The doors that have closed for you right now, this may be for somebody here today or somebody listening, either way. 
The doors that have seemed to close for you may not mean stop. It may just mean redirect. It may be that God's turning you towards something. How often do we see throughout the scriptures where God used anything and everything to turn, change, shift direction, and actually get his will, ways, and purposes done? All the new believers... We talked about Pentecost about three weeks ago. All the new believers filled with the Holy Spirit, they're so excited. They're stuck together under Solomon's portico, worshiping, praising God, and God's going, wait, this isn't what's supposed to happen. I, I want you all to go, go. You're supposed to go. That they were so excited and it was so fresh and new. They just wanted to be together all the time from house to house. They stuck together. And then what happened? God's missions program showed up. You know what that's called? The hammer of Rome. It was called the dispersia, and it was a, a political hammer that came down in the middle of Jerusalem, and it scattered Christians through persecution. What some call persecutions, persecution God calls missions. And he got the word. The word of God went all over the world, the known world. Paul was a part of that. Now Paul has got his group. Now they... They're like, okay, what do we do now? Two closed doors, strike three, and we may be out. What does this mean? We're supposed to be, we're doing what God told us to do, but yet we keep getting stopped. Third time, he goes to bed that night. He has a vision in the night, and he sees a guy over across this bay, this area, into, into an area called Macedonia, which we call modern-day Europe, southern Europe. And he's looking over there, and in the vision, a Macedonian, a person, stands on the shore. He's saying, Come over here and help us. He gets up in the morning. I'm just going to read that last verse. Now, after he had seen the vision, the Macedonian vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us, hear the language there, to preach the gospel to them. Stop, stop, go. It could be that what looks like a closed door for you doesn't mean stop, and stop forever. It may just mean redirect. And maybe God's just moving you to a different place that you didn't see. I don't know about you, but in my history with God, nine times out of ten, what I think I'm going to do and where I think I'm going to go and what I think I'm going to be doing when I get there gets rerouted. Am I the only one that, that happens to? And you end up where you're supposed to be and when you're there, you're going, yeah, this is right. I'm supposed to be here, but you didn't choose necessarily to get there that way. But God gets you there because he loves you, but he's constantly speaking. Are we listening? As we land the plane, I want to remind you of what Henry Blackaby said. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through these four things, the Bible, prayer, circumstances, the church, to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. The Bible. God speaks through the scripture. I went on a retreat one time, personal retreat. Let's go ahead and have the worship team make your way up. I'll land with this. Went on a personal retreat one time, and I was going to hear God's voice. I was going to take three days, no internet, and I was going to fast. No food for three days. Ooh, big mistake. Man, I, I, I should have prayed more about that, but I don't fast well. But anyway, I love food too much. So I, I got there, and already I'm like half a day, and I'm miserable. I'm not hearing the voice of God. My stomach is growling. I'm hungry. 
I don't have internet, so I'm feeling completely isolated. And what I thought was going to be glorious turned out to be I was in misery and whining and complaining the whole time. I'm so glad God loves me, and I hope he has a sense of humor. I'm going to be in big trouble one day. So I'm, I'm there, and I'm getting nothing. And so I just crack open my Bible. I had my iPad, and I just looked up on my iPad, my Bible. And I read a verse, and then I had a thought about another verse. So I went over and read that verse, and then I had a thought. And then, then after a while, it was like a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. Remember those? I started going boom, 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 boom. He led me all through the scriptures. It dawned on me after about two hours of this that he was speaking to me loud and clear through the word, through the Bible. I'll tell you what my good friend, Pastor Brian Bush says, dive into your word. Dive into this book. You want to hear God's voice? Dive into the book. He'll speak to you. The second one is through prayer. Now, we know this to be true. We pray, but here's the thing about prayer. It's interesting. A lot of times when you're praying, do you hear other things come up? Do you ever get distracted when you're praying? Do you ever feel like you, you're, you're focused, you're concentrated, and then you start to pray, and it's like a million ways, right? I used to disdain that, thinking, Lord, why am I thinking about this person when I want to pray for this person? This is the one on my list, not that one. And the Lord, what I realized one day is the Lord's telling me to pray for that person. He wants me to hold them up. He wants me to support them. He wants me to call their name before the throne he sits on called grace. He wants me to pray for them. I have learned to roll with it. So my prayer time is not sitting down at my desk. Sorry to disappoint if you got that image of me. My prayer time's in my truck, in my car, on the lawnmower, walking around, walking through the store, walking through Lock and Terra, walking wherever, eating. It's, I pray constantly. It's called practicing his presence. It's another thing we need to teach on here. But how to pray on an ongoing basis where it's an ongoing conversation. And you know what I do now? I just roll with it. He'll bring up random things in my mind. I'm like, oh, I need to pray for that. Or I'll see somebody. Oh, and I'll just whisper a prayer for them right there in the moment. It's not that complicated. Amen. Now, God bless you with your prayer lists and check boxes and all that. Go for it. But that is not the way he has led me. And I want to relieve some of you who are bummed because, and feel bad because you don't have a list. Let the list be him speaking to you on who and what to pray for. Amen. He will lead you. You'll hear a voice. A word behind you saying, this is the way. Circumstances. Uh, I don't even have to break that down. Hammer of Rome, persecution, missions. The, the, script, the word goes into Europe for the first time. Now all of a sudden, God's all over. The gospel's going all over the world because of circumstances. God will close doors to get us where he needs us. The last thing. It's not the last thing, but a thing. The church. When I sensed the call of God to ministry, I told no one. I just sat on it and I prayed about it. And then my senior pastor, Hank Scott, came to me one day. He said, Jimmy, have you ever thought about that God may be, he was very careful, calling you into the gospel ministry? I said, as a matter of fact, Hank, Pastor Hank, yes, I have actually thought about that. Recently, I let that sit. Two weeks later, Pastor Kim Norwood, he's a dude. Kim, the associate pastor of our church, came to me. He goes, Jimmy, have you ever thought about that God may be calling you to the gospel ministry? I said, have you been talking to Pastor Hank? He says, no. What are you talking about? A few weeks later, another staff member comes to me. Then church members start coming. I'm like, this is a conspiracy. 
People are talking behind my back and they're organizing. We got to get this guy on track. So, but no, no one, this was God speaking through the church, through the body of Christ to reorient me and it changed the trajectory of, me, trajectory of my life. God speaks through the body of Christ. But if you don't show up and you don't participate, I mean, we talk about connection as protection. It's hard to hear if you're not here. Amen? Amen? So get involved. Get connected. Oh, God wants to say so much to you. And he'll say it through the church. One I don't have on the list, and Henry Blackaby didn't have it on his list, but I'm putting it on the list. Because it just happened to me right now, today. God speaks to us through worship. Even as we were down there, I was whining at first because I wasn't up here playing because I love to play. But I was so listening to what was happening. And I got lost in the lyrics of our songs and lost in the words. And I, they became my declaration. And I was like, God, you're speaking to my heart right now, right here. He speaks to me through worship. In fact, it was music that drew me initially to to, to Christ right after I became a follower of Jesus I was flailing I was, me- I, I was not doing well I didn't have anybody disciple me and I didn't know what to do next I didn't know what is needed now I had no idea I'm a brand new Christian and it was through worship through music no time to tell the story but I was drawn in And to this day, music and worship speak to me as much as anything on the planet. So during worship, I want to encourage you. We're going to go out with a blessing. Would you put your listening ears on? And even as they sing this blessing over us, would you receive it and just say to the Lord, say, speak to me, I'm listening. Speak to me, I'm listening, I'm here. And It may not be audible. It may not be clear. But just receive by faith, even if you don't think you hear something, say, Lord, thank you that you're speaking to me right now. Whether I get it or not, I believe you're speaking to my spirit. And I learned that about the scripture for me. That I could read the Bible, and even if I didn't understand it, I knew my spirit did, even though my mind didn't. Because it's a spiritual thing. Deep calls unto deep. And so I want to encourage you, even in worship, just thank him for speaking, even if you don't get it yet, because you will. Amen? Can we pray together? Why don't you stand to your feet? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you are the God who spoke and you continue to speak today. Lord, we, your sons and daughters, we're here before you listening. And while we're watching for lightning and listening for thunder, sometimes you slip in your gentle whisper and your still small voice. Sometimes you do come in the thunder and the lightning. Either way, we want to hear you. We want to know. Because we want to, we want to walk with you and talk with you and learn and mature and grow in our ability to discern your voice, especially, always, but especially in these times. We need help. We need you. So, Lord, we receive this blessing that the worship team is about to speak and declare over us, we lean into it and receive it. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Just to let you know, Jeffrey will be in that room, the prayer room. If anybody needs prayer afterwards, you can stop by the prayer room on your way out.
coming and are going in the morning and the evening. So keep listening. Keep listening. He is with us. You're dismissed. Amen.